This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi there, and welcome to Game Changers, a personal branding and business podcast about extraordinary people who are changing the world. I'm your host, Erin May Henry, and my mission is to help entrepreneurs become known online so that they can share their message with more people and build the empire that changes their lives. On this podcast, I interview up-and-coming thought leaders so that together we can teach you the tools and strategies you need to take the next step on your own personal branding journey. Covering everything from money to mindset, social media to speaking, and confidence to content, Every episode will leave you empowered and full of ideas on how you can shape your industry rather than just be a part of it. Now, let's get into today's Game Changer Chat. Hello, my beautiful, sweet friends. I hope that you're having an amazing day so far. So I have another, can you guess what I'm about to say? exciting game changer chat today because you know what you know why I say exciting at the start of every single episode because you know what it's just an exciting podcast and I have exciting friends and I speak to exciting people that's probably why it's just it's just all kinds of exciting over here at Game Changer HQ but I do have a very exciting guest today because this guest is quite different to a lot of the other guests that we've had on the podcast because not only are they an incredible female entrepreneur Not only are they an expert in social media, but they are also in a heavy metal band. So we are speaking to Monica Sturrut, who is an incredible, as I said, social media marketer, specifically working with creatives, specifically working with artists who are in heavy bands. So I sat down with Monica and we didn't necessarily just talk about the music industry, although I did sneak in a couple of like little things that I wanted to know about how songs are produced, but we mostly talked about, you know, social media marketing, digital marketing, and public relations for creatives. So this, even though it's going to be relevant to every single person out there, this episode really, really is for those who are in a creative industry. Maybe you're a photographer, maybe you're an artist of some sort, maybe you're an actor, maybe you are a musician, and you want to know how to start marketing your business and getting exposure for yourself and for your art. So that's what we're talking about today. I really hope that you enjoy the episode. Let me know what you think, as always, on social media. And please do not forget to reach out to Monica and tell her that she's amazing. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Game Changers. I'm excited that you're here. I'm excited to hang out with you today, but I'm also really, really really, really excited about today's guest because we have someone who is not only freaking amazing, who I absolutely adore, but they have a very, very, very unique background and perspective like no one else we've spoken to before. So welcome, Monica. I'm so excited to have you here. Hey, so excited to be here. (laughs) So Monica is amazing. She's been a part of the community for quite some time and she is a social media, honestly, just rock star. And that is the best way to describe her because she also is an actual rock star. (laughs) People describe you like that. (laughs) Well, I actually have that in my um, email signature at work because I just thought, why not? (laughs) But no, I myself wouldn't like describe myself as that that was my boss that did that that's fine (laughs) you're my rock star (laughs) but people are probably like what the hell are you actually talking about so maybe we should give them a little bit more context do you want to go through and tell us a bit about not only what you do with your business but also like your background because I just I just find it so fascinating yeah sure so um I am a musician I'm a vocalist mainly Um, I've been involved in the arts for quite a long time, pretty much since I was a kid. And I wanted to be an actress at first, and then I wanted to be a writer, and then I wanted to be a musician, and the musician thing kind of stuck. 
So, um, yeah, I've been playing in bands since I was really, really young, about 13 years old. And uh, whilst I loved the creative side of things, I was always very interested in the business side of the music industry. And I kind of recognized from a young age that those two went hand in hand. So back then when I was a teenager, I didn't really have many resources to go to. I mean, there was the internet around, but I was mostly getting my information from biographies of bands that were around in the 80s and um, documentaries and that sort of thing. And I'm not even kidding, me and my best friend who um, was in my band at the time, we used to sit there on the weekend or after school and we used to sit there with a notebook taking notes, like with all these music documentaries going on. And we used to kind of try and reverse engineer the success of the rock stars that we looked up to. So I always loved that side of things and I studied music at uni and um, that was such a fun three years. And I went to uni with a whole bunch of amazing, really talented musicians. And yeah, then after uni, I kind of continued on in my band and I was working full time and trying to um, make it in my band. And I always felt like Perhaps the information that I was getting was still quite outdated. I found it really, really difficult to get up-to-date information about how to essentially succeed in the music industry. So I knew that social media was kind of the way forward. And I had already been working for a magazine called Heavy Magazine as a journalist. And that was really good. That exposed me to a lot of the, the music business side of things. But they got taken over by a new owner who was looking for team members. And I took a position as the social media manager because I really knew I had to upskill in the social media um, area. And yeah, that just literally kind of catapulted me into the world of digital marketing. And I now consult with bands on their digital marketing strategy and business strategy. And um, I've worked for a couple of other um, creative businesses, some photographers and graphic designers and interior designers and whatnot. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much what I do now. I love it so much. Can I just make a, a note? It's so funny that you're like, we would sit there and like watch TV and make notes. It's like, gosh, some young people these days really don't appreciate how easy it is to just pick up your phone and Google something. Like I remember doing the same. I can't even like I'm pretty sure like back then it would have been about like animals or something like that. But like literally sitting in front of the TV, like waiting for a show to come on so you could like take notes. Actually, I also used to do it with like witches because I thought I was a witch when I was like 10. But awesome. anyway, it's like waiting for something to come on so you could like actually learn from it rather than just picking up your phone and Googling it. I mean, it was prehistoric, but I just yeah. thought that was so funny. Um, but okay, so this is something I really wanted to speak to you about because obviously the work that you do is absolutely amazing. But you and I have had pretty extensive conversations on in the past about the sort of concept of the artist versus the business person. And this, even in the industry that I deal with, is such a big topic that a lot of people struggle with. So, <clears throat> excuse me, but I feel like it's either like I'm the influencer or I'm the entrepreneur. And in your case, it's like I'm the artist or I'm the business person. How do you feel like someone who's a creative, as you said, like maybe a photographer, maybe in terms of actual like physical art or a musician, how can they start seeing themselves differently to combine both being that business person and the artist as well? Yeah, this is definitely something that I struggled with. Although I've been a musician pretty much my whole life and I have been interested in the business side of things. Um, it is definitely something that I struggled with in terms of there's always that starving artist sort of glorified mentality. And for a long time, I really felt like I had to live in poverty and, you know, just party and do all those sorts of things that artists, especially in the music industry, are quote unquote supposed to do. So when it came down to starting my business, um, I really kind of hit a roadblock in the sense that I didn't know if I was allowed to go about things in this way, if I was allowed to have a business it's and be an artist. Yeah, exactly. But I think the thing that it really comes down to is I believe that when you're a creative, you're an entrepreneur. And all entrepreneurs, in my opinion, are creatives, regardless of what industry you're in. But absolutely, if you're a creative, whether you're a writer or a photographer or do art or anything like that, you're an entrepreneur. You're someone who is a 
usually a solopreneur and if you want to make a living out of your passion, which ultimately I think that's what everyone needs to do, um, then you really need to kind of get your head around the business side of things. And it doesn't mean that you have to learn how to budget on spreadsheets or do all these things that doesn't come naturally. Definitely not. However, I mean, obviously at the start, you will need to do some things yourself and then eventually you can outsource. But I think that just giving yourself permission to call yourself an entrepreneur as um, instead of an artist um, is a really good step in the right direction. That's so interesting. What was coming up for me when you were saying all of that is funnily enough, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Josie and the Pussycats, but like the, the 90s version of it. And it's funny because actually I think a lot of people may struggle with the adjustment of seeing themselves as the business people, but I think it's a huge benefit, particularly for artists, creatives, visionaries, because it's like gone are the days of the gatekeeper. You know what I mean? Usually it was like there's a you know, man in a suit somewhere that holds the key to your success, but now it's like anyone can be successful, right? Bands can take their destiny into their own hands and start promoting themselves solely. You know, writers can publish their own books. People can become anything that they want online. And so actually it is a huge benefit. But as you said, they've just got to have that mindset shift away from like the way that things were into the way that things now could be. Yeah. I mean, we're at such a massive advantage, especially with social media. And we can really, as you said, take our careers into our own hands. And we really, really need to stop and appreciate that. I know there are a lot of more traditional sort of artists out there who are kind of of the mentality, oh, I just want to do art and nothing and you know nothing else. But if you just want to do art and nothing else, you kind of have to know the business side of the industry in order to make a profit from it. So it's kind of like a conflicting statement. But I mean, there are certainly um, in my industry, there are a lot of people kind of stuck in the past in that sense. But even at this, when you do get to the stage where you are being looked after by managers and labels and booking agents and stuff like that, you still need to be fully across the business side of the industry. In fact, I was speaking to one of my really good friends who's a, um, who's a guitarist in a band and they've been stuck in this contract for about five years with a manager who is so secretive about finances. Um, and they're just in a really shitty contract to be honest. And this guy is basically charging the band. This is an unsigned band, a band that's not turning a profit just yet, mind you, um, charging the band for hotel expenses and staff. And I'm sorry, but who needs a staff to manage an unsigned band? That's just ridiculous. So you really need to, I know, um, you know, there's probably a lot of people that are like, make sure you get a lawyer, but you really do need to be at all stages of your career across the business side of things if you want to have longevity. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting because actually I was watching a video the other day where unfortunately are quite a few younger influencers, like people who work with brands and stuff, stuff had been taken massively advantage of like the same thing. They hadn't read their contract and they got locked into like a three year revenue sharing partnership with a non-exclusive, like with an exclusive brand. So basically they couldn't work with any other brands and all of the revenue that came from like a certain part of their social media actually went to this brand and it was like crazy, crazy things can happen. And I think that's why everyone, whether you see yourself as an entrepreneur or business person or not, has to have the mentality of, I am going to take ownership of this regardless because, you know, there, there are unfortunately like situations out there that you can get yourself caught into. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think what catches a lot of people off guard is you think, you know, when I was younger, I always used to think, um, you know, when the time comes that I'll be approached by the music industry, like I'm not going to take any horrible deals. Like I'm going to be totally savvy. But when you're approached by these people who are promising bigger things, which essentially is what the music industry or any sort of industry, whether that be you're an influencer and you're approached by brands, of course, it's tempting to take that opportunity. So it's, yeah, it's difficult because on one hand, you think you're going to be able to say no really easily, but when the time comes, um, it is really easy to kind of accept opportunities that you may not have looked into fully. So, but that's it. Yeah. It's even the same with like people who are maybe creating courses or starting a business. It's really easy to go for the quick strategy, the quick cash injection and all of these things. But having that kind of perception about yourself to be, as you said, the longevity, the entrepreneur who's actually thinking futuristically rather than just like opportunities today, right now can really help with 
even things like planning in your business, even things like strategizing, social media strategizing, all of these things, if you could just see yourself differently, see yourself as like, yeah, the entrepreneur, the business person. And it's not about like wearing the suit and being like carrying a briefcase. Like I think a lot of maybe artists get stuck into like, like business is boring. You know what I mean? Like I'm a free spirit and I just want to create things. But as a matter of fact, it really, all it means to be an entrepreneur, to be a business person is to be in charge of what it is that you are creating. So it's just like the, not even the box, but just, I guess like the path that the art rides on. Yeah. And just like we, this is maybe like quite philosophical, but like, just like we create the art that we make, we also have the ability to create our own life and we don't need to stick within these certain molds of, yeah, the suit wearing businessmen. And I remember working at my corporate job when I was living back in Sydney a few years ago, and it was a massive struggle in order for me to, on the weekends, be doing the music thing or something like that, and then working the nine to five, because it really felt like I was compartmentalizing. And now I live in Melbourne. It's a little bit more of a creative city. It's definitely helped me not compartmentalize, yeah, who I am as a business person and who I am as a creative um, just being around other creatives. I have a really, um, a really good day job at the moment, um, who are interior designers and, um, yeah, everyone kind of rocks up and they just wear whatever they're comfortable with, but it's a really, really successful business. And that has definitely been a, been a good example for me. I love that. And I think you and I had a conversation about this maybe, or maybe I dreamt it. I don't know. But, um, at the end of the day, it's so good. Like what you've just said about not compartmentalizing, because I think when a lot of people get into business or get into a creative industry, they do feel like now I've got to put on the hat of the creative. Now I've got to put on the hat of the entrepreneur. Now I've got to put on the hat of the, I don't know, accountant or something like that. When it's like, well, no, you've just got to be you 100% of the time and just do different tasks. Like that's all it is. It's not as if you're like, Oh, I'm going to see my grandma. I need to be country club version of me. And then it's like, now I'm going out to the <laughs> I need to be like, you know, Rihanna version of me. No, it's like you're you in any situation. It's just contextually, you're going to act and apply yourself a little differently in those situations. Yeah. It's the context. And I think that's what stumped me for quite a long time. Um, yeah. And I, I imagine that that would stump a lot of people is, you know, you are you, it's just different contexts. And yeah, that just blows my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So for, I guess, creatives in particular, so whether they're as, you know, what you do in particular, like in a band, some type of artist, some type of photographer, freelancer, who maybe is a little or has in the past been a little bit more focused on the art side of things, where, how would you advise that they get started with the strategy side of things, the business side of things? Like if I was like, brand new and I was like oh I want to do is take photos all day long like what would you what would you advise how would you consult them into really getting themselves started on the digital marketing stuff yeah yeah so I guess the first thing would be to do some research and try and find people in your industry who are maybe doing the things that you could potentially do um, if you can't find anyone in your industry um, then look outside your industry into other creative industries um, and try and see what they're doing. They may be doing courses. They may be doing uh, workshops and stuff like that. Um, one of the photographers that I freelanced for last year, he ran a lot of workshops and he was a really, really talented photographer and videographer. He actually specialized in um, drone photography. And awesome. yeah, yeah, he got to travel the world and go to the Maldives frequently and all that sort of jazz, which was amazing. That's the life right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, it was really interesting the way he structured his business um, in the sense that, yeah, he did workshops. He um, was just starting to build courses um, towards the end there. And yeah, he had a lot of different streams of income um, and he's a photographer and I hadn't really met any other photographers that were doing that. So that was really cool. But um, yeah, as, as I said, like if you can't find anyone in your industry or even someone in your industry that whose business model kind of resonates with you. I mean, you can take parts from everywhere, but um, yeah, you can look outside your industry as well and then kind of mold it into your business and what you want to do. Yeah. I love that. And then on the digital, so, so, just to sort of recap, particularly for anyone who is a creative, maybe starting to think outside of just that done for you creative service. And they, the first thing they can do is like expand out their business model. So 
what would be then the next steps in terms of like exposure, I guess, because if they're like, maybe like, maybe let's use the example of a band or a musician or someone who's um, a little bit more into that side of art side of things. And they're just like, have no idea where to even start with the exposure side of things. What would you say then? Yeah. So, I mean, social media is a really good tool to start off with. Um, In my opinion, all creatives need to be building an audience. Um, We're kind of in a world where um, social media is such a powerful tool and starting to build an audience and put your work out there um, to like-minded people is a really good place to start. So, and social media doesn't cost anything as well. So even just simple things like perhaps lifting, excuse me, lifting the quality of your photos on Instagram and just going out there and starting to network on Instagram and maybe just picking one platform to start with. I think a lot of people get overwhelmed and they try and build a Facebook presence and they try and build an Instagram presence and they try and build a YouTube presence. And specifically with bands, they're like, I only have 200 subscribers on YouTube. It's because your audience actually, even though you use YouTube to host your video clips, your audience actually aren't on YouTube. Um, Yeah. So really just picking one platform and kind of just starting out slowly practice makes perfect. Um, when it comes to don't even worry about algorithms or anything like that. I just try and, um, I suppose get your Instagram to a more professional level and start with that, start networking. And then once you feel comfortable with that, you can maybe expand over to Facebook, um, or any other platform that you feel is beneficial. Yeah. So here's a question, probably the million dollar question. Do you think that in the beginning when they are trying to increase that level of professionalism on their platform, should they be focusing on the the art or themselves? Like are they building themselves, the brands on the platforms or are they trying to highlight the art that they're doing? Yeah. Um, that's a really good question. I I think at the end of the day, it might come down to the individual. Yeah. However, I feel like with social media, it's a very, it's a social medium. There's no, um, there's no way to get around that. Yeah. So I think putting your face out there and, you know, showing who you are on social media is hugely beneficial to then drawing attention to your art. I think whilst your art may be beautiful and um, it may be meaningful and whatnot, at the end of the day, people connect with other people. And that's the same as, you know, that's why you connect more with the vocalist of a band than you do with a guitarist. It's because the vocalist is singing in English and you can also speak in English and you understand, whereas you don't understand necessarily all the notes the guitarist is playing. So it's just a matter of finding that commonality. So I think, no matter what creative industry you're in, if you can show your personality through your social media, then that is hugely beneficial. Wow. I've never, ever thought of that with like a band. Like, is that like a music thing that everyone knows that most people will connect with their vocalist more? Cause that is so true. Like in any band, you would think that the person that, you know, is most charismatic or that you connect to most is going to be that front and center vocalist. And really, I guess, because words, you know, are a love language, right? People do 100% connect through communication. And I think, again, that's probably why social media is so powerful, especially those who are capitalizing on things like video, podcasts, like really hearing and feeling someone as they speak, sing, act, whatever. At the end of the day, it can be super, super powerful. So I really like what you said there, but I've never thought of it like that before. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's only something that came to me recently because I suppose I have been a front person of a band for quite a while. And sometimes you feel bad um, because often you're the easiest person for someone to take photos of. And you're usually the person because usually the vocalist is writing the lyrics, usually interview you and they want to talk about what the song's about and whatnot. So there have been moments where I've kind of felt bad about that. Not too bad, but it's definitely um, something that I've thought about. And yeah, that's really what I came to the conclusion of. Wow. People just love to communicate with one another. That's it at the end of the day, isn't it? People just want to speak, sing, be connected to one one another. So that's really beneficial, I guess, then for anyone who is, yeah, like maybe not in a band, but in any other creative industry 
and is maybe hiding behind their art to get out there and really connect with your audience on a deeper level. Explain why it is that, like you just said, like what I took away from what you just said, like people want to interview you and know what the song is about. If you took that concept and thought about it from the perspective of your audience, like people are obviously interviewing you because they know the audience of that magazine or whatever wants to know, but that's for anyone who's any type of artist. Like, like Simon Sinek says, people want to know why you create the things that you create. People want to know why you write the songs that you write. People want to know why you took that photo. So as any creative on social media, showing people your personality and explaining to them where the inspiration came from can be hugely beneficial and add a whole nother layer than just showing the art itself. Yeah, exactly. It's that deeper layer. And it's at the end of the day, it's that deeper layer that hooks in your audience. So no matter yeah, no matter what, what type of creative industry you're in, um, if you can show that depth, then at the end of the day, as much as you may make great music or create beautiful art or take beautiful photos, at the end of the day, it's actually going to be your personality and the meaning behind whatever art you're creating that hooks people in. And that's how you turn followers on a social media account into lifelong fans and yeah absolutely so this is a sidebar question because obviously i wanted to talk about business and social media but where do you find inspiration for songs like how would you what's your process for writing a song i'm so interested (laughs) um pretty much my life (laughs) really the classic artist thing to say (laughs) (laughs) so emo um yeah, I, I don't know. Sometimes little one-liners will pop into my head and I'm constantly just writing them down um, whenever I have an idea or else I'll probably forget it five minutes later. The worst thing is when you're just about to go to sleep and you hear a melody in your head and you're like, oh, I don't want to get out of bed and record it on my phone. And um, a lot of the time I don't because I fall asleep straight after. But <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I don't. Um, I think the worst thing that you can do is kind of sit down and be like, Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm going to write a song today or, you know, for my business, the worst thing I've learned, which I've been able to apply to my blog writing is the worst thing I can do is go, I'm going to write a blog post today. Mm-hmm. Even though I do work a day job and you kind of have to do, you kind of have to schedule in your, um, you know, your creativity around other things. Um, you'll find that, yeah, usually for me, songs or whatever I'm doing pop into my head or ideas when I least expect it. Usually when I'm outside going for a walk, I would say. Yeah. And um, I can like blast the music in my headphones, um, something new my guitarist has been working on and I can kind of just walk, get that blood flowing um, to my brain and I find I'm like naturally more creative in that situation. (laughs) But also it's so funny because, you know, so many people, they do struggle with, I call it blank page syndrome, where it's like you sit down to record a video or record a podcast or record a blog or write a blog post or anything like an Instagram post. And it's like, if you're, I don't know, this is again, probably a little bit more philosophical, but you know, do you know Elizabeth Gilbert? Yeah. Yeah. How she talks about this concept about how like ideas will come to us and actually if we don't capture them in some physical form, they'll just like drift on to somebody else. That's like so many people like, I had the idea for Uber. It's like, well, you didn't do anything about it. So that's probably why it was left unmanifested until someone else created it, right? And even sometimes like people say things like, oh, they might see like a movie or a play or a song and they're like, I swear I had that idea. Mm. And it's like, even if it's super unique and I truly do think it's like, We just need to give ourselves, yeah, we might not be able to if we're at our day job or for me, if we're in the shower, because that seems to write (laughs) all of my creative ideas. Like we, we may not be able to right then and there in the moment, be able to create or bring that idea to life. But if we can have some type of process, whether it be just simply, I love to use like, have you seen the movies, um, the show Suits? 
No. Oh, there's this guy, this character called Lewis, and he has a like a dictaphone, and he's like constantly recording things into it. George thinks I'm like that because I'm like <laughs> I'll just like voice record myself and just say like this is an idea I have, or write something in my phone as a note. But it's like if you can capture that idea for that blog post or for that podcast or for that piece of art or that song or something like in the moment and the energy behind it. That's why I think sometimes audio notes are really good. Then it's like your brain can rest assured that that, that idea is yours. Like, and then you can come back and like create it when the space and time is there. Yeah, I totally, totally agree. In fact, one of the things I used to do when I was at my day job and I still do it now, if I'm at work and I think of song lyrics or an idea for a blog post or anything like that, I actually email it to myself. Yes. So I'll actually open up a blank like email thing and just pretend I'm working away and I'm doing um, typing fingers at the moment, <laughs> monkey typing fingers. Um, <laughs> and I'll just email it to myself for later or, you know, write it in your phone. And yeah, if you can c- capture it in the moment um, and sort of capture that energy, that definitely, definitely helps because if I, just keep it in my head and then too much time goes by, then I'll be like, momentum oh, lost. yeah, the momentum's gone. And I'll be like, Oh, I don't know about that idea anymore. And I'll start to second guess it as well. So yeah. It's so funny that you say that. Cause when I, cause people often, often say to me and this, I guess is a side hustle thing, but people often say to me like, Oh, like I can't do any of my business work at my job. And I get there's the ethical side of things, but I'm like, whatever. Like most jobs are like a job you could probably do in three hours, but you have to be there for eight. Right. Ultimately at the end of the day, when I used to work at my job and I had my blog, my very first blog, Erin May Fitness, I used to do the same thing. I'd write entire blog posts, like in an email and just like little, even like sometimes I'd like write a little bit in one email and then like minimize it. So it didn't look too long if anyone walked by. <laughs> but I'm like writing blog posts in emails and I'd send them all to myself so that when I got home, I could actually post the blog post. Yeah. Um, or even just like sometimes like a Word document or sometimes I would even like write it in a spreadsheet. <laughs> like I, anything I, that looked businessy. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. And I feel like probably so many creatives that are listening can, can um, relate to that. Like even when I worked as a waitress in uni, I would get the menu pads that we would write down people's orders in and I would write song lyrics in there. Like I was absolutely ridiculous. Every single job that I had, I would always find some way to capture my ideas or sneak off and go to the bathroom and quickly type something in my phone. Yes, I used to do that. I was saying like the voice note, the voice memos to myself, like I'd have an idea because I had the YouTube channel back then and I would like run to the bathroom and like voice memo myself and I'd be like, when I get home, I have to do this, 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 and this. It's so funny. Or sometimes yeah. I would actually go, like, this is really bad. But, like, if it was, like, really, really quiet, I would, like, go sit on the toilet, like, with the toilet seat down and just watch <laughs> in the toilet. But, like, not for, like, leisure, more for, like, if I, like, had an idea and I wanted to research something, I'd be, like, sitting in the bathroom, like, watching a video. Be, like, that's, so bad. That's awesome. And it's kind of good because I'm in um, – working with social media now um if i've got facebook open people are just like oh she's doing her work but really i'm just messaging a client or something like that i mean like obviously i don't want anyone to get fired however i do think it's important for all creative people to kind of free themselves up a little bit and give themselves a little bit of permission to be resourceful yeah (laughs) how i would put it because yeah that's the thing as well i think at the end of the day it's like if you're passion and your creativity and everything is working towards turning your side hustle into your main hustle. Like I know I don't want there to be any unethical behavior. Like if you've got work to do, do your work first, but we all know, yeah, we all know that, you know, our most office jobs, you are not working for an entire eight hours straight. Like there's definitely downtime in most people's jobs. I understand some people's jobs are like intensive. Like I've got every second of the day needs to be used, but do your work work first. But if you have spare time rather than sitting there staring at the wall and like, cause I don't know, I used to always ask my boss, like, is there anything else I can do? But cause my um, job was like, supposed to be quite responsive, like either in an email inbox or on the phones. And so like, you'd have to wait for something to come so you could act on it straight away. And so in the downtime of that waiting around period, like that's when I would do it. So don't be unethical. That's not what we're saying here. But ultimately at the end of the day, if you're like, no, I've got these eight hours where I'm going to sit and stare at the wall and then I'm going to come home and complain about the fact that I've got no time to get my business done. Like if your business is your future, like, come on, like be a little bit, living on the edge right yeah live on the edge but I mean um I always always got my work done in all these jobs and 
I feel like I'm not really one of those ones to kind of stuff around. So I'll just smash out my work and I would have even a couple of hours left at the end of the day where I literally had nothing to do. Yeah. But the way society works is they want you to stay till five o'clock, whether you're productive or not. Exactly. And that is probably another topic that infuriates me. But, um, but yeah, I mean, if your job is too busy yet you have this immense, immense passion to start your business and the side hustle thing, it's not really working. I mean, obviously there's a commute to and from work, there's your lunch break, but I would even go as far to suggest that it's not unreasonable for you to get a new day job that might work better. Exactly. And as a matter of fact, I spoke to, you know, Amara last week, she said the exact same thing. Like too many people are too attached to their, like, what they know, like my job that I was working in. So I worked, you know, you could say a call center, but it's not like I had to call people and sell insurance. It was like an inbound thing. Right. And I used to work sometimes like three till 8 PM. So that was my day. So obviously I had the whole morning. I I had to go to uni, but if it was a side hustle, it'd be ideal. Right. But I'd work three till 8 PM. And then from five o'clock, because we were only really tailoring to Western Australia. And obviously it's a big place, but there's no one there. And so you'd get a call maybe every hour or so. Like that's the perfect situation. Plus there was no management around at that time. So what you're saying is so true. Like if you really are like, this is what I want to do. I want to start this business, but your job is too heavily demanding. Maybe it is time to just have a look at those other options. Yeah. Or even just um, doing like a nine day fortnight or a four day week, whatever, obviously um, you have to make it work financially, but there are options and often I think, especially nowadays, managers are quite flexible in the sense that they do want their employees to be happy. Yeah. And if, you're ha- if you've got happy employees, they're just going to be more productive. Exactly. There are definitely a lot of old school businesses out there. I do remember asking to go four days a week back when I was at my nine to five. I was at that same company for almost six years. Wow. And I asked to go four days a week because quite frankly, I was burnt out with the band. I um, was pushing, I was pretty much the only one looking after the business side of the band and pushing really, really hard to try and get to the next level. And I'd been working full time for almost six years and it was a creative industry. Um, We looked after the um, collection and distribution of royalties for writers and visual artists. Yeah. Wow. Um, However, the company itself um, was a government appointed not-for-profit and it was very, very corporate. So when I did ask to go four days a week, unfortunately, the answer was no. Um, And as a result, I moved to Melbourne and I ended up working three days a week for quite a while just to give myself a break. And that was so, so good just for that. um, Yeah, just for that little break from the nine to five grind. Now I'm back full time. But yeah, yeah but got the flexibility. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's, I think like, are you attached to your job or are you building your future is the question. If the, if the answer is building your future, then negotiate. And if you can't look for alternatives, because right now it's not about your ego. What should matter is having the space to create your business, right? Yeah, definitely. And I think it's all about having that bigger vision and just keeping that in mind um, at all you know, with all areas of your life, does what you're doing now fit into that big picture vision? Because if it doesn't, you're kind of wasting your time. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I love that so much. I want to really talk about um, something because we've never spoken about this really at all on the podcast. And I know that you have quite a lot of experience in this, but that is PR. So public relations, I know that's something that you work with your bands a lot on the people that you consult for. So for anyone, whether they're just an entrepreneur, a creative, whether they are, you know, whoever, a band, someone like myself, how does someone even get started with public relations? Like where should they be putting their attention into? What is even PR? Like let's go the whole shebang. Yeah, absolutely. So I actually have a course coming out about PR really, really soon. Um, so PR is essentially, um, it's essentially the middleman between the um, business or the creative and media. So it is really, really beneficial to get more exposure for yourself or your business and also um, to gain credibility. And I think that often, um, specifically when I talk to bands about PRs, they're like, oh, I don't know if it's worth the investment because we've done it before and our views on our videos didn't really increase that much or we didn't get so many Spotify streams. However, the main 
you know, it's always going to increase it, help you um, get that exposure for the actual content a little bit, but it mainly builds that credibility. And that credibility um, helps with building trust with your audience. And at the end of the day, it's a long-term game and one of the core aspects of building the relationship with your audience. Like even when you go on some people's websites and you see like as featured in and they've got like, you know, for entrepreneurs, they might have like Forbes or like some like other little logos immediately, even in someone's mind, whether or not that was like a guest blog post or a feature or a mention, like you don't ask those questions. It's more about wow, this person was featured in or collaborated some way with these established media outlets. It truly just does add to that social proof, right? And that credibility, like you said. Yeah, exactly. So um, there are PR agencies which you can employ to do PR or you can kind of handle it yourself. I'd recommend handling handling it yourself, especially if you're first starting out um, for the first few launches or the first year or two in your business, whatever... Um, you feel most comfortable with, I suppose. Um, But PR is essentially what it involves is having a clearly defined goal. So what are you trying to achieve by reaching out to media? Um, Whether that be, I wouldn't say general exposure is an appropriate goal because that's kind of like a quite a broad, (laughs) quite a broad term. And obviously it's going to, that's going to be the result no matter what. But having one specific thing that you want to promote, whether that be a new course, whether that be a, um, a workshop that you've got going on, um, a new book, anything like that. Um, so once you set your goal, you next want to um, make sure that you have all the assets available. So the worst thing that you can do is start reaching out to media and being like, hey, I have this like new book coming out. And they're like, oh, can we get an advanced copy? Um, so we can review it and you're like, oh wait, but I've still got to write the last chapter. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Can we see the course? Oh, I haven't created it yet. So just making sure you have your ducks in a row and um, it, it can be quite tempting specifically for bands because often when they get their final masters back of their record, they just want to release it out into the world straight away. But there is always going to be that period where you kind of have to hold on to it get some traction through the media and be a little bit patient. Yeah. Um, So yeah, once you've got your ducks in a row, then it's really a matter of just deep diving into research. I can't even count the amount of questions um, that I've gotten from not only bands, but other, other creatives asking, Oh, have you got the contact person for this? Have you got the details? How do I find contacts? And Honestly, Google is the number one business resource you can ever have. It's like, like your business BFF, right? It's exactly. the best network. <laughs> exactly. And it's just a matter of taking the time and um, dedicating a couple of hours to do some really intensive research. Um, one thing I like to do is find someone who is in a similar demographic, another business or another band or another author or something. And... Um, figure out where they've been published and then essentially just stalk them. (laughs) Like spend a lot of time stalking them and scrolling back through their Facebook feed and finding every single publication that they've been published in. Because if they've been published in one um, publication, then likely that publication will be receptive to you if they're in your demographic. So um, most websites have a contact page Um, otherwise you can send an email if it's just a contact form and just ask who's the best contact to speak about with this and just being um, really sort of resourceful and and whatnot and keep a spreadsheet I think spreadsheets even though I I don't really like spreadsheets I think a spreadsheet is really good for that particular exercise especially if you've got a job (laughs) because everyone uses spreadsheet right (laughs) yeah (laughs) um And yeah, then it's just a matter of crafting an email that's really professional. Keep it short. Never send attachments because attachments tend to um, sometimes make emails bounce and often, um, you know, the people that you're reaching out to will have stacks and stacks of emails in their inbox and um, you want to just make it nice and easy. Um, So yeah, uh, links to Dropbox are preferable or something like that, Google Drive that sort of thing. And yeah, just doing polite follow-ups a week or two later and you may not hear back from people and that's okay. But um, at least if you do hear back, they may say, oh, not now, but later on. And you've already started the relationship. So 
it's good just to keep those lines of communication open and um, start forming genuine relationships with people. And yeah, once you start getting some opportunities, you can kind of leverage those to get other opportunities and, um, and yeah, just sort of go from there. When you say get them to leverage other opportunities, do you mean, say, if you got an interview like with one publication or with a podcast or something like that, then when you pitch the next time, you're saying, you know, for example, like Aaron was just recently featured in blah, 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 blah. Like here's, you know, the context of that. So yeah, yeah. they all kind of feed in, into each other and sort of generating that hype around your brand or your business. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah, I think it is just about being brave as well, isn't it, with public relations, like knowing that it's a huge possibility that you will get rejected, but that's okay. It's more of a numbers game rather than a personal game. Yeah, it's completely law of averages. And I mean, as long as you keep the email short and to the point and quite genuine, um, so you don't want to be reaching out to podcasts that you've never listened to before, um, at least listen to a couple of episodes and make that decision is this actually something that would suit me um, before you actually go ahead and because otherwise you're just kind of wasting your time as well as as well as their time and then just simple things like just make sure there's no spelling mistakes in the email um it just (laughs) erin no so so i won't pitch for myself (laughs) terrible speller as well thank god for grammarly honestly i know but even still i still need to get either brooke or george to proof my stuff after grammarly because i get entire words wrong and that grammarly doesn't pick it up (laughs) i can't even tell you how many times i've done a facebook post and then got a message from someone even like other people within the music industry being like um monica there's a spelling mistake in that you might want to fix it my dad every single time and he's a terrible speller as well so that makes me feel even worse but like every time because i post on instagram and then for some reason something's wrong with my instagram but it automatically posts to facebook i've tried everything like disconnecting linking changing everything it just doesn't work and guarantee like 10 minutes later i'll get a message from my dad being like there's a spelling mistake in this <laughs> i'm like i've gotten to the point i'm like mm, can i just make it a part of my brand that there'll be like guaranteed a spelling mistake at this point <laughs> you are just so passionate that you just have to get it out there and you're like i can just imagine you typing really fast because that's what i do post that's exactly what i do sometimes i don't even read it back and then george will read it and he'll be like give me a phone and then he'll go like edit it and fix it all because it just like sometimes doesn't even make sense but i'm like i feel like the people who are in my audience will get what i'm trying to say look if you put something out there that doesn't have a spelling mistake you obviously aren't super passionate about it so just let's just make that the that's our story we're sticking with it (laughs) um i forget what i was gonna say before that oh yeah just like it is like what you're saying about like the law of averages and stuff like it is just about like being courageous like doing all those things but then also i think at the end of the day um something that really stood out to me that you said is like actually being a fan or having a relationship with that publication because we get so many podcast pitches here uh, from like you know in the in the in the inbox that come through and I'm just like well a this person no for once not that anything's wrong with them in particular but there there's just no like you know who we interview here are people that are either part of the community or that I really admire and things like that because ultimately at the end of the day for me the most important thing is about having a conversation and it, you can just tell that they've never listened to the podcast and have no idea what we even do here these really casual friendly chats because it's very much like, this is what you can interview them about. These are the questions that you should ask. I'm like, you obviously have never listened to a podcast. So I think that's a really important thing as well to actually know who you're targeting with the public relations and what they're looking for. Yeah, yeah. And when I, um, because I don't think I've mentioned it, um, well, I did mention it at the start, but I worked for Heavy Magazine for a number of years and I was the social media manager for two years um, in that publication and it's a really big worldwide publication and the amount of dms on facebook that we get from bands saying uh can you promote our video and first of all a facebook dm isn't really the appropriate way or professional way even in the music industry to go about getting promotion secondly the video that they were trying to get traction for had already been released. So that is one thing that I want to say is timing. So media usually want to get the exclusive on things. So it's really hard to pitch to media after the fact, after you've released a, um, I mean, podcast might be different. I'm not really sure. It probably depends on the situation and the individual podcast, but if it's the sort of more traditional media magazines, stuff like that, they usually want the exclusive. 
So it's about allowing that barrier of time, one, for people to see the email, two, so if they don't see the email, you can follow up, and three, to give them enough time to actually write something before it comes out. Exclusive to what's about to come out. So um, that's definitely something to think about. That's huge. I love it. Okay. I'm sure we need to wrap this up because I feel like I could talk to you for so long, but you've got to go. I've got to go. The audience has to go. We've all got things to do. (laughs) Thank you so much. This was so helpful. As I said, I could just sit here and talk about this stuff for hours. I'm also fascinated in the music industry. Maybe we just need to come back and have like a music, a music session where we talk all about the music industry and like deep dive into the scandal. I don't know. I'd imagine. Yes. You should get your guitar out and have a jam. <laughs> I tried to play it again this weekend. I was like, okay, that's a little rusty. I, um, yeah, I've definitely fallen off the bandwagon of that one a little bit. <laughs> that's <I'm>, okay. <laughs> one day I'll wake up. Really good. <laughs> I imagine. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you so, so much. So where can people find you? What have you got going on? You just mentioned you've got a PR course coming out. Tell us all the things. Yeah. So probably the best place to, um, to come see what I'm up to is Instagram. I love Instagram. I'm always down for a DM. I love chatting to people. So, and especially connecting with other entrepreneurs in the creative industries. Um, I, yeah, I just love creating with, uh, connecting with other creatives. So definitely come hit me up. It's just at Monica Strutt, S-T-R-U-T. And you can check out my blog, um, monicastrutt.com. And yeah, just come add me on all the socials. And you've got a podcast starting soon. Is that correct? Oh, yes, I do. (laughs) I have a podcast starting really soon. It's called Being in a Band. So yeah, I'll definitely be posting on my socials and everywhere uh, once that launches and yes Erin it's going to launch very soon <laughs> I love it I love it we were just having a conversation about this before she's launching it today which is really cracking the whip <laughs> <laughs> I love it thank you so much my love this was amazing we'll definitely have you on again and I just really appreciate your time thank you so much it's been so great to chat to you Thank you so much for joining me today. I honestly really do appreciate your time. I know some of these episodes can be quite long, but the fact that you've taken time out of your day to better yourself is just a shower of how successful you are capable of being because you are investing in you. So I know I am so, so inspired after each and every single one of these Game Changer Chats. I hope you're feeling the exact same way. If you'd like to connect with myself or the guest more, then please do reach out to us on Instagram and I hope you have an awesome day. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.